What is up, guys? This is All the Smoke on Strength of Physique with your hosts, Adam and Chris, where we provide you with evidence-based information, community support, and recognition to all those who are bettering themselves with fitness. On this episode, we're going to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, Chris. Not a myth, actually. Just Chris. Right. The legend. Eh. He's getting there. He's he, he's coming up. If you don't have his name, if you don't have his name on on your to do list or whatever they say, uh, make sure you put it on there. Uh, so, Chris, my friend, if I'm correct, you're from Canada, correct? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not from Canada. Where did you get that from? I don't know. I was just trying to kind of add a little humor to this podcast, but I guess that wasn't that funny. No, not not at all. But it was a good effort. I like okay. it. Um, so in all seriousness, you're from Africa. Um, why USF then? Honestly, I was just tired of the heat in Africa. So no, honestly, guys, I'm from Michigan. I don't think he's going to get to the point. So yeah, I'm from Michigan, a uh, little old town called Flushing, a uh, nice little to- toilet city. Uh, yeah, basically right outside of Flint too. Everyone knows Flint by the Flint water crisis. Okay. So you got to the point where he's actually from, he's from Michigan. Um, it's got to suck. It's got to be cold. So climate change, culture shock here in Florida. What made you choose Florida? And then a follow-up question with that. What made you choose USF specifically? So I chose Florida because I wanted somewhere nice. I wanted somewhere tropical. The main states that came to mind was California, the Carolinas, and Florida. Those were the three main. I was also looking at Tennessee just because it's like on a huge up right now. It is. And... But I was like, fitness is going to be so much bigger wherever there's an ocean at and wherever there's tropical climate. So that's what I was shooting for. Gotcha. You do know SpongeBob was under the sea too. So wherever there's SpongeBob, there's a lot of money. So Krabby Patties are a great thing. But all right, man, answer the other question. What about what made you choose USF then? If you search all those, I'm sure you applied to many schools. You're smart. You're good looking. You're a legend. Why USF? Um, I got declined all the other ones. <laughs> no, actually, I was applying for physical therapy, and USF was actually the only school I applied for a master's program uh, because I started to change my mind because just physical therapy was a little too slow for me, and it was a little too boring. And also, uh, as I am starting my own business, I didn't want to work for someone Uh I mean, not that it's an issue, mm-hmm. but I just feel like there's such a limit when you're working underneath someone else on what you can accomplish, what you can do. Uh, so I chose USF because I ended up getting accepted into the master's program, and at that point, I wanted to go into my master's because I didn't want to go into physical therapy anymore. And the reason why I was looking at USF for the physical therapy program is because I wanted to be a physical therapist for like a major sport organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the biggest thing with that is, is there's so many different sports teams within this area. Yeah, there is. There's like five, six, seven minor league organizations within like an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. So that was a big factor. And then major professional, other major organizations, you have the Lightning, you have Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have the Vipers, which is the arena, the uh, smaller, is it arena? 
Arena? Not Arena? I don't even know. I know we have an Arena team, but I don't even know the name, to be honest. Yeah, I believe the Vipers is an Arena team. It's, like, one of, like, six football teams. I I think the Vipers are XFL. XFL, yeah, yeah. The Storm. The Storm is the Arena. Yeah, yeah. the Storm is the Arena. So, yeah, there's just... There's so many opportunities. And then you have the the Rays that was right across the bridge. Hey, go Rays. We're down 2-1, but we got to come back. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep looking at that. <laughs> but no, I just there's a lot of opportunity in this Tampa area. Yeah. I wanted to uh, I'm not I'm like an hour north of Detroit where my town is, and yeah. I always wanted to live in the big city uh, just to see how it was. It's faster paced. It's, I like faster paced. And so before like moving to Miami or somewhere bigger like LA or something, I wanted to at least get into a bigger city. Yeah. Although we're on the outskirts of Tampa, I Close feel enough. I feel like I'm finding myself downtown a lot, yeah. and I would love to live downtown right now. But yeah. while in school, it's not the best financial choice. <laughs> yeah, so, it's yeah, a beautiful that's... area, man. I mean, as you know, I've grown up here, so it's cool to see. Though right? I remember when I first met you, right? You were doing an internship, if I if I'm correct, with the football team. Um, with like, it, it most funny. of the teams, yeah. Oh, okay. there was so, eleven different teams. Gotcha. So you was like a strength conditioning coach, intern. Um, doing that for quote unquote fun, taking classes. Well, it wasn't for fun at that time. At that time, I was really looking to going into uh, strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning for athletes. But then, after doing that internship and after taking the first semester of our master's program mm-hmm. and doing the physique enhancement, I realized how intricate and like in depth bodybuilding can go into. Exactly. So then, we're kind of going into that. So it was really cool to see you evolve from. DBT to strength and conditioning to now, you know, online, online and in-person coaching. I would say who were the, I guess, three people that had the most um, influence on you to kind of make this, these decisions or career path changes? I would say Dr. Campbell was one of the biggest because like I said, it was his class that really changed it. So if we swapped him out with the different professor that made me dread coming to class every single day, I probably would have not have decided to go to the bodybuilding route. Hmm. But he's passionate about it. He loves what he's do. He loves what he does. He's extremely good at it uh, and he's very knowledgeable. So I think that's what really allowed me to get a full understanding and allowed me to get a good step in the right direction. And I said when I walked in, you have that book, um, Be So Good That They Can't Ignore You. Is that had, did that part of that class have any influence on it? Just kind of going into that book or anything like that? No, honestly, I read half that book. That's um, all I did, too, because the second half is trash. Okay, so... So stop there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to read it. I'm going to fully read it because I wasn't as invested as into it. And I just read another book, um, and then that one is going to be the one I read after. But no, that... Uh, yeah, it sort of did, uh, but at that time, I wasn't... I'm not good or passionate about bodybuilding right now. So, I mean, I know a lot more. I wouldn't say right now. I know a lot more now than what I did when we were going over that book. So, mm-hmm. I don't think that book, uh, I think that book just opened my perspective up. And actually, that book was one of the reasons why I started to look more into like professional development and those type of books. Gotcha. Yeah, Dr. Campbell had mentioned a lot of really good books that. No, yeah, it's good for personal development. Exactly. Yeah, he's given me a, a long list um, of books to you know just help on you know personal building as a profession, but also you know just betting yourself as an individual. So I think that's you gotta you can't do one without the other. What's one of your best books 
for professional development? Um, Ego is the Enemy has got to be the best book. I think I've read that thing twice. And how come? Um, what is it about? Look at the title, and I don't want to spoil it, to be honest. Um, it's just a book that almost makes you check yourself um, a lot of the times. Um, there's another book that I'm drawing a blank on right now, but I want to say The Man's Purpose. It's about one individual. Um, he was in the concentration camp and got out of it. You know, he just um, kind of tells him about what he was in there and when it, that, that during the situation and while he kind of like found his purpose and stuff. But that's a really great book. Kind of puts you again, your life in perspective and stuff. But So I've always been financially stupid with my money. <coughs> I probably still am, but I think I got better. I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you ever read it or heard of it? I've never heard of that one, though. So it's as the book says, it's a kid that grows up. He has a stepdad and a real dad. Real dad's poor, stepdad's filthy rich. And he gets both sides of things and it clicks like like that for him. Almost, yeah. And like why poor dad is staying poor and why rich dad is rich. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually funny and it, it makes me consistent. I'm going to take that book from you. Actually, someone else took it and I still haven't got it back. So I'm, I'm actually currently in the process of not lending out books because I've lent out two. <laughs> uh, Sandra, back. if I haven't got my book back by the time you hear this, uh, can I get my <laughs> personal training book back too, please? <laughs> <laughs> but no, the uh, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a good financial book that opens your eyes up. Uh, and that's probably one of the best personal growth books that I've read. Interesting. So you touch up on one individual. What about the other two that have like most influential on your life and then just your career? Obviously, my parents have been extremely supportive through this whole process. Uh, I don't think I would have been able to come down here and do this. Uh, I wouldn't say they came. I mean, they helped me move down, but like I'm living down here alone right now. And uh, but they're extremely supportive. They come visit. Uh, they visited like three or four times. Uh, so they've been extremely supportive. They've always been there to help, even though they're not technically here right now. And um, those would probably be the two biggest people. Okay. For a third. Can I be me? The third's me? No, man. You've Creed? probably had a negative. Creed, yes, my dog. But no, you've probably had a negative impact. Damn, that's messed up. All right. You got me questioning if I should go into powerlifting or not. Oh, that's a that's a great life change or honestly, an issue to have. I'm actually considering it you after might as well. after I win a show. Uh, Shoot, I, it's the, usually the other way around. A lot of people start off in powerlifting. You get stronger. You know, you're able to build some size. And you're not really quote unquote worried about dieting. You just worry about your performance in the gym. And then right. Either people get bored of it, or they reach a certain age, or they've done whatever they want to do, and then they kind of flip the script just to have something um, to get them excited and motivated in the gym. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens to me, honestly, although I like food way too much. So honestly, yeah. During this bulk, I'm getting so strong. Yeah. Like It's so amazing to see how much eating... This is like the first true bulk I have did, uh-huh. so like it's amazing to see how much it's beneficial for like training and everything, and like you're getting bigger. Like my chest is developing so much right now. Like I've always had an upper chest that's like wouldn't develop, uh-huh. but I've also never focused never. on really actually building. properly. Yeah. Yeah. Properly building it. And now that I'm like in a calorie surplus focusing on protein, like it's, it's like crazy. filling out. It's crazy what the body does when you, you feed it the correct uh, nutrients and macros. Um, human body is a beautiful thing. That's why I love exercise science and just physiology in general. Um, 
So let's go on to another question then. Um, what are current, right? We already talked about a little bit about books, personal development. Um, what helps you kind of continue to learn in order to stay on top of things um, within your role as a coach um, and any other role that you may play that I'm not aware of? <laughs> so I don't know what you mean by that. I feel like you have some weird <laughs> twist behind that that I'm not even going to try to dive into. But I've seen your dog's toy, so. All right, whatever. Let's just throw this out here. I have a dog toy that's chewable, and everyone calls it a dildo. So if you are listening to this and you it's don't know what that is. It's too. It's a little weird. Yeah. It, I, or anal beads. Whoa. I don't. See, I was, I, that didn't come across my mind. So go ahead and tell us what other things you do to kind of stay on top of things. With so stronger, the numerous rules that you play. Stronger by Science has the mass document or database or... Uh, journal, what it, what technically is it? Uh, yeah, you said three good ways to kind of describe it. <laughs> okay, so it's like uh, they post it. It's Eric Helms, right? And anyone else mainly? Eric Helms, uh, Greg Knuckles, yep, and the one dude from FAU. I can't remember his name. I always forget. Eric Trexler. Eric Trexler, yeah, yeah. So those three made a, I'll say a journal, which is... It's like a large group of documents that summarize the latest and greatest research that's currently out there. So if you're a coach in this industry, I think that is probably one of the best things that are very easy to access. Yeah, it's easy digestible uh, for any individual that wants to stay on top of the current research, for sure. Yeah, and to top it off, like it's so, like instead of like searching on Google or PubMed or any other journals, like let's find out like the best uh, way to train for hypertrophy or building muscle. Instead, you can just like you'll come across new articles through Mass. Yeah, and agree. it's just so easy because if something new comes out, it comes up there. Yeah, and the so. best thing to do, and what I've done is if like for example, if there's a they review an article on muscle hypertrophy. Um, they'll usually use a, uh, a couple references to back up whatever they're kind of saying. Oh, yeah, that's um, then you can just read those um, articles as well, and then boom, you just went down a nice little rabbit hole. Yeah, so that that's one. And then I also like to just to follow some of my the top researchers, like Dr. Campbell. He's always posting great uh, diet or nutrition information. Uh, and then Brett Contreras posts some really good information. There's... Um, I can't think of the name right now. Uh, Schoenfeld, he posts some really good Instagram posts that might not be good for like the general population to digest, but as a coach, uh, I think you can learn some really good information if you really take the time to fully digest that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just social media, mass, the mass journal, cause that puts out all the most current research. Those are going to be the biggest ones that I follow. Yeah, and then don't forget you're a student too, so that also helps. A little, yes, a little I like bit. to think. But <laughs> also, uh, <clears throat> like continuing my professional development is going to be a huge one. I might consider getting like something psycho psychology related. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at like uh, the the what's the eating disorder association? It's EDA, but there's the first letter. Do you know? You're asking the wrong person. So there's an eating disorder association that I really was looking for. Oh, so like a certification that yeah, specifically helps or like with eating a, disorders? Or like a class, like a, 
something that helps. Yeah, I just there's so much that we can learn. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's the great thing about this profession is you never stop learning. Um, and I think the best thing too is right. We're still very immature or young in our career, so with experience, we're only going to get better. Yeah, um, and think we know. Uh, like both of us, I say this because we're in the same program, so we pr- basically know a very good basis of the same stuff. This program has set us up to be very knowledgeable about strength and conditioning. Yeah, and physique enhancement, I would say. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's that insane. too. Well, anything, like building yeah. muscle, building strength, <clears throat> anything in relation it's to that. It's funny that you say that because I know a lot of friends, one particularly went to Hawaii University um, for exercise science, and his was very ACSM-based, very clinical, cardiopulmonary. Um, and you come here to Florida with, at USF, and I know a buddy that went to UCF, Totally two different experiences. It's all so about it's all about just ACSM, very clinical based, and we're very like you said, strength and conditioning, bodybuilding, physique enhancement. So it's a really cool niche that we have at USF. Yeah, and that's what like we're most knowledgeable about. Uh, so as we finish our program, uh, when you go on further, I mean, think in five years from now, we'll have a very good understanding of everything. But there will be new information out that we'll need to. But think about like diet, dietetics or like psychology. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something we can learn with oh, that. Yeah. So that's just continuing your professional development yeah, is something cool I'll try to do. Yeah, that was one interesting point that you just said that like everything's always kind of like with research, right? We're always evolving with it. Um, I remember my undergrad in extract science, like reading about, you know, just um, hypertrophy and just neuromuscular adaptations to resistance training. Um, and that book had no association with like high low versus low low training. Um, and the textbook that I'm reading now for my GA class actually mentions it. Hey, you can kind of see similar growth with one RMs as low as 30% all the way up to 95%. So it's cool to kind of see even textbooks evolve. So if textbooks are evolving. Our brain should also be evolving as well. So it's really cool. Um, so let's kind of transition, right? Um, you've already had a lot of growth within the past, I would say, year, year and a half. Um, have I? I would. I mean, you're still <laughs> short. You're still short, but mentally, as an individual, I think yeah, you've let's come just, a long no, way. No, no, let's just take a <clears throat> moment. So I had something in my closet that he, Adam had to go get, and I'm sitting down at my desk, and so I'm trying to talk to him as he does it. He goes into my closet, and I was, I was like, look up into the left. So he looks up into the left, <laughs> and there's, like, boxes on the very top shelf. And I was like, dude, if you don't see it, I don't know what to tell you because I'm going to come in there, and it's going to be right in your face. And he was like, I go in there. I, like, point at it. He was like, dude, you said look up. That's, like, down. I'm like, see, everything is up for me. <laughs> so let's just take a moment to acknowledge that I'm 5'7". Yes, I get that. That's all good. But so, yeah, what if – where do you see yourself in five years and then in the opposite direction? If you could tell yourself, um, give yourself advice when you were five years younger, what would it be? So first question, let's go. In five years, what do you see yourself doing? In five years, I hope to have at least one coach underneath me. Okay. Helping out with clients. I'm not going to be super greedy. I don't want to be making 100K. Once I get to a comfortable living amount where I can hand start handing off clients, uh, that's actually what I've been currently thinking is how would I take that approach? Obviously, there's tons I have to consider. Mm-hmm. But what's going through my mind right now is when I get to a point where I can like hand off like 15 to 20 clients, 
and still be able to live where I am now very comfortably, mm-hmm. uh, then that's what I'm going to do. So hopefully I do that within five years. So build your brand up, build your business up. Yeah. That's another thing. So why don't you tell everybody about right, the website you just created and everything that's just kind of going on behind the scenes. It's currently creating. Uh, I have to have it done before the end of this semester as part of my independent study. Mm. But I'm making a website, myflowathletics.com. And it's going to be oriented towards bodybuilding, but we'll also do lifestyle coaching. And we'll probably dabble in powerlifting once I can spend more time learning about that. Uh, I mean, like we said, we have a, I have a strong base, but mm-hmm. I feel like I could learn a lot from you. Or if I just looked into it for like a night, then I could get a very strong. Because the most thing I do, like the go-to thing when people go to get stronger, what I'll do is, uh, have you heard of the 531? So that's the approach I like to take, uh, just because it's a good periodized route, keeps reps low, uh, and yeah. So I like to take that. It doesn't it's hard to overtrain because every fourth week is a deload. Uh, I think it's a strong base. What do you feel about that? How do you like the five three one? I mean, I've I personally I've done it way back in the day, um, but I mean, again, specifically as powerlifters, right? We got to get better or we got to be the best at one reps um so i like to just kind of program working up to top once every even session? doubles triples um at least once or twice a week and all big three movements cool so um so okay. i mean you're doing that with the five three one but you're going you're focusing more on going to failure and sometimes i feel like i would that- say yeah rpe eight nine um one one to two reps away um and then again working on backups because i think you'll you, you'll hear me say it again and again strength is a skill um, to get better at any movement, you gotta do it. So back offs at a lower intensity, uh, quality repetitions, um, stuff like that, and just kind of building uh, some work capacity as well within that movement. Yeah. So five years, I'd like to build my brand a little bit more by getting staff underneath me, then dabbling in powerlifting as well with the company. But right now, it's more lifestyle and bodybuilding approach. And ten years. I want to, this is big, I'm going to have to push hard for this one. I want to hit a million in sales okay. with my company. Shoot. Maybe not in one year, but total. Total, yeah. That's, I think that'd be extremely years. doable. For sure. Uh, but maybe even by then I can start looking at one year, one million uh, mark. But I don't know. That That's main year, mainly is five year. Yeah. Get some people that. underneath me. <clears throat> so now, being at where you're at now, what would you kind of turn back the clock and tell, I guess, what, 18-year-old Chris? Um, what would you tell him at 18 years old? Honestly, I think we've talked about this before, maybe once or twice. <laughs> I say once or twice because we've messed this podcast up. We're still learning. so. But anyways, I would just tell little old Chris to train his heart out and... During my undergrad, I went to a time where I was super stressed and I let school get the best of me and I stopped training. And I wish I would have kept training. Although I don't know how much progress I would have made mm-hmm. because I wasn't really properly bulking, nor was I properly training because I didn't know nor near as much as what I know now. Looking back at it, it's yeah. hilarious. <clears throat> That's another reason why I'm trying to put a lot of free content out there is because I didn't have any proper guidance and you may be listening to this right now and you may be looking at my Instagram posts but 
I mean, if, if you're young, seek professional help if it's possible or try to learn as much as you can and do it yourself. But ultimately, getting a coach, that's one thing I wish. Uh, I, I, that's another thing that really drives me crazy is during my uh, high school days, I had a coach tell me that I will never play college or professional football. And I ended up having like three or four and looking back and I, that's something that a coach should never tell someone. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, so that's a big driving factor. I don't want anyone to ever be limited by someone else. And so that's why I'm trying to get the education I am. So I'm never a limiting factor for someone. And I want to help people free and professionally get the help they need to become or get to the goals they're looking to get to. Gotcha. So I guess to wrap this whole episode up, my friend, um, let's end it with, you know, right, a myth buster. There's plenty of nonsense out there these days with fitness, nutrition, health, um, all that. What is one in particular that you come across the most that you just want to drop the, the mic on and just put an end to it? I'm thinking of one that's been really grinding my gears. Grinding my gears. <laughs> Why is that so funny? That's like an old man saying, but go ahead, man. Grind your gears. So, so like a big myth that, so as I'm building this website, I'm looking at how I can put what I've done in my like degrees on there and like where I'm going to put that. But like these coaches or online coaches or influencers that are just posting stuff out there because they have a nice body when really they spent like $5,000 last year on surgery or they spent like 2000 on a coach to help them get there. Those are the myths that I'm looking to like really myth bust. Yeah. Like the fact that they might not actually know as much as what people think from how they look. Yeah, I think um, it's really easy. I don't want to say it's really easy to be an athlete, but being an athlete and being a coach are two different things. Yeah. Um, just because you look the part doesn't mean you know the part. Um, and I think that, again, that's something that grinds my gears too, Chris. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up so he doesn't talk any more crap. All right, guys. We appreciate you introducing or we appreciate you listening to this introduction episode of the one and only, the man, the myth. The legend, not the, the myth. All right, the legend. <laughs> the short legend. Yes, the short legend. Chris. All right, so. you guys. You guys have a good night. Stay yes. tuned for the next upcoming episodes. See you later, guys.